does it take to be a cult hero? A distinctive goal-scoring left-back who featured in several iconic wins in a classic team must surely stand a chance of being considered one. In episode 3 of the Kelly Histories Big Match series, Tom Black speaks in detail about his involvement in some of the most important games in Kilmarnock Football Club's modern history. Tommy Burns' style of management, the team's tactical approach and the secret to beating top teams are all covered in a fascinating hour with the ever-popular Kelly Star. For Tom's classic match, it's back to 1994 and the last game at the Old Rugby Park. There is no room for sentimentality though, as Kilmarnock, in the penultimate game of the season, need a result against the Champions Rangers. Going into the final 10 minutes of a tight match, still 0-0, Tom Black is standing over a free kick. I'm Gordon Gillen, and this is Tom Black's Big Match. again. He scores! Came so close a short time ago but this time there's no mistake and Kilmarnock are in the lead. A devastating left foot of Tom Black and how well he used it there. Rugby Park has burst to life and this time Colin Scott couldn't keep it out. What an incredible scene now as Kilmarnock go ahead. Well, Tom Black scores goal number six of the season. And maybe the goal which keeps Kilmarnock in the Premier Division. I had a free kick just about 15 minutes prior to it and it was something similar. Uh, but the goalkeeper saved it. The second one obviously went in. I knew I had it well. And then the roar. And then you knew that he'd, he'd scored. You could just see it, but he didn't know where the goalkeeper was down at it or not. But he did the full place just erupted. And then that's when I just uh, kind of bolted and I, I was off. Uh, but then, as I say, Andy Mullen and Billy Star, I think it was Billy Stark, he jumped in my back. And, uh, and then that gave us, I think it was maybe about a quarter of an hour to go to see if we could hang on for the uh, keep the 1 0 victory. And was there a bit of hanging on? Everyone knows what's at stake for 
to try and get your your win or a point, whatever it may be, for to go into your final game of the season. Lo and behold, it's, it's Rangers. It's not maybe one of the other clubs. It's one of the, the top two teams in Scotland, raising themselves that you've got at home, which is a very very difficult game. So for to win one nothing and score the goal, it's it's a very very difficult thing to, to explain, but it's something that will love you with for all your days. I had a charity golf game. Uh, for the Commander Trust, not, not this year, but the previous year, I was out with the chaps and the first thing they said, that was 25 years ago, you scored that goal. And they remember that goal against Rangers, and that just shows you how the, the importance of it, because even they're telling me about it. Um, so for actually to score that goal and give us the one-point advantage getting into our last game up at Easter Road, was massive. And after... The, the final game of the season that it just shows you how big a goal it actually was for uh, the club. It was magic for you that, that you were the one who who got the goal. But what were your memories of Andy Millen running through with that chance a wee bit before that? It was Billy Stark that put the ball through to him. And Andy wasn't the, the quickest, but he actually beat the offside trap. And when he went through, I mean, he's done everything that possibly right. The, the thing is, when you get one on one with goalkeepers, you've done everything right when you score the goal. If you don't score the goal, then if you shot, you should have went round the goalkeeper. Or if you went round the goalkeeper and the goalkeeper done something, you should have shot before it. So you, you're never going to win unless the ball ends up in the back of the net. But he did do tremendously well, and he's curled it like, just by the goalkeeper, and it's, it's just went by the post. I mean, I can all remember seeing the one, the, the, even the video of it in the game, but then the hands were straight in the head. And he, he knew what we were playing for and what was at stake, but it was a big chance, and there's no very many times that Andy was that far up the park to start with, so he <laughs> <laughs> mouthed a wee bit kind of bloody eyes just in front of the goalkeeper before he had a shot. You can get it or you, you, you don't get it, and just unfortunately for Andy, it just kind of like, shaved by the post. You were giving your pat in the back after you scored. Well, he did. <laughs> you were saying he jumped in your back. <laughs> Tom Black's late winner meant that Kilmarnock travelled to Edinburgh to face Hibernian on the final day of the Scottish Premier League season, needing only a point to ensure their top flight status for another year. It was a tense game, but how much pressure did you feel under? Um, as myself, I, I, I'm not a, I wasn't really a, I'm not a nervous person in general. There are some people that can hide it a wee bit better and things like that. Just for instance, for a penalty kick, you, out of your 11 players, there's maybe only a handful, or maybe one to 
take a penalty kick, uh, then there's some that don't want to take it because everybody's different. But for the players going into the, the last game of the, the, the season, we knew all what was at stake. You're talking playing 35 games and then you're going down to one game which is going to define your, your season. You're either going to stay in the Premier League, go your holiday, come home, then pre-season and you're going back to Ibrook, Celtic Park, Matodre, or potentially if it goes the opposite way, you're relegated. If you go your holiday, you're coming home and then you're going back to the first division. And the difference in that is massive. Uh, financially for the club it, 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 as well, but for a, a playing side of it, you want to play against Rangers and Celtics at, at home, at, at Ibrox Park, at Celtic Park, go to Pataudry's. These are the games you want to play because you're playing against the, the best that Scotland's got. So for what was at stake was massive and, and each other individual player knew it. How some of them felt, I'm sure some of them were a, a, a bit nervous. I wasn't as nervous as much, but I knew what was at stake. But it was a, a massive, massive game. It was a game that Kowalnik did have chances in. Yeah, we we only required a draw. Um, because we got the victory the week prior, we required a draw, uh, irrespective of what happened elsewhere. Now, we played Hibs, and we actually gave Hibs a, a torrid time. We had a, we had quite a few chances, we had one chopped off, and the, the game's going on, and then we hear that St Johnson were beating Motherwell, and so a goal to Hibs could put us down, and it... So there's massive pressure on the game and the amount of chances that we've created we've not took one. But even though the game was still nil nil, there wasn't really any time in that game that I thought that we were under pressure. We were actually the better team against Hibs on that day. We were the forceful side. We were forcing things and forcing things. We weren't kind of hanging on. The game finished nil nil, but how it finished nil nil, I'll never know because uh, we should have won two or three nothing that day. If things weren't going to plan, was there some? Was there an individual player that people would look to? Well, Tommy Burns was, was all, he was player manager, uh, and albeit he was a manager, but he was also a, a player and a player with an awful lot of ability, which a lot of the players in the team admired and respected uh, for what he's done in the game. So, if, if any players had any issues and things like that about the game or whatever it is, he was wise enough and smart enough to notice possible individuals if they're maybe having a bit of a rough time here and there and he would go and speak to them and, and explain and try and get the, the best out of them and that that was Tommy's number one trait as far as I'm concerned he could get the very very best out of each individual and that's a difficult thing to do when it's a, a collective team if you can get the best out of each individual then your team is going to be more successful it's maybe not an easy question to answer, but was it Tommy's personality that would have had that effect, or did he adjust what the way he would speak to people depending on who they were? That's the joy of being a manager. There's some, there's some ones that you have to maybe kind of put your arm around and have a, a chat with, and there's some other ones that would maybe possibly need a wee bit of a stronger approach, if, if I could say that. I was one of the, the ones that needed a kind of more in your face kind of thing. Was, uh, I had some uh, face-to-faces with Tommy at times, but it, it was it was good because it cleared the air and you get your point across and he got his point across. Uh, some other players would maybe need, maybe need to go over and just have a quiet word because the opposite can affect players. If, if you go in and kind of heavy-handed, it, it can 
they destroy their confidence to a certain uh, degree. Uh, Tommy could come in heavy-handed to myself, but I would give back as good as I get kind of thing because I'm, I'm putting my point across as well. But it, it helps me as well because it clears the air and lets you explain your issues of what you're seeing and whatever it is, and vice versa. Then Tommy will let you know his side of things. But under no circumstances, when everything was done, was there ever any like, grudges left or anything like that? Once it was done, it was cleared the air and it was back to best pals after like, the, like, certain meetings you, you would have. Would it be fair to say two competitors in that idea of two, two people who are strong competitors who just want to get the best result? Yeah, because you want to win. Some players are a wee bit more quiet and things like that, but the, some players uh, need to speak out. Uh, I was one of the players that need to uh, speak out, irrespective of where you might be right or where you might be wrong, but I, I feel that you need to say what you're uh, feeling. If you don't, it kind of bottles up. But Tommy on the, the side of that, he respected that as well because he got exactly what the individual was feeling. There's no point in sitting not saying anything if there's something not, not right with you because you've got, apart from that being a physical game, you've got to be mentally right for, for the games. And if there's something annoying you and it's not right, uh, you can't perform to your best of your ability because there is something niggling away at you. Tom Black was brought to Kilmarnock in 1991 by Jim Fleeting as part of the club's ambitious strategy of recruiting experienced top-flight players to lead the march back to the Premier League. With things not going to plan, Tommy Burns replaced Fleeting in April 1992. I asked Tom to assess the different approaches of the two managers. Jim's team, uh, there was a, a, a lot of a, a attacking, but you, you look at it uh, from two different sides. Jim's team were in the league, you were one of the favourites to potentially like, get out, so you were going to have possibly the majority of the possession and the attacking, and... Uh, if you're going to like, potentially like get promoted, then you're more or less going to win most of the game. So you are attacking, attacking it, and that's the way it was. When we, we got promoted with uh, Tommy, we, we were similar. We were attacking, attacking. Once you got to the, the Premier League, that's a different standard again altogether. And if you just kind of go like, attacking, because you're not going to have the majority of the ball which you've had in the previous league, because you're playing against better teams, better players, and you're going to find yourself out possibly under the cost a wee bit more because you're playing against better players. So Tommy's uh, outset for us to go into the Premier League was to play a, a pressing game, which requires you to be very, very fit, and it, it was basically putting other players under as much pressure as quick as you can and it's a very, very difficult thing to do because you can't do it as two, three or four players. The full team has got to do it at the one time because if two or three go, then others don't go. Everything that the first two or three has done is actually basically wasted. So it, it required for the, the full team uh, defending for the front uh, from, from Bobby Wilson and that up front and then it would go to the midfield, go to the, uh, the defence. So no, no matter what, side of the ball was on, the circumstances of where the play was, we were all geared for the press, 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 and a lot of teams didn't like playing against you because that's what you did. You, did, you didn't sit off and like, park the buses, you, you most likely hear sometimes that we kept our, our own shape and pressured teams as much as we could, and it actually worked for us. How do you feel that that fitted in with your style of play? 
actually struggled to, to start with. Coming from the Premier League, when I was at Airdrie in the first division, then I went to the Premier League, I found it. I found the step up easier to play in the Premier League. When I went from uh, St Martin to Kilmarnock, I found it a bit difficult coming down the level because the the, the play is not the same. It's not the, when you're playing at a higher level and against better players, you do things different. You do things quicker. Uh, so my initial thing when I came to Kilmarnock, I found it a bit awkward. And that's for Tommy when he was just a player, uh, assistant manager then. He came over to me and he was asking in general, how are you doing, how are you feeling? And, that's what I, and I basically told him, I said, I'm struggling with the way we play and the, the way the games are because I'm looking for, to play the ball quicker and basically I don't see runs getting made the way that when you were playing the Premier League, runs were getting made before you were passing the ball and so I was just finding that a bit difficult. But here he's reassured me, though, just, yeah, you'll settle, time will settle, you'll get the use of the game and then it'll be fine. But once, I stepped, once we got promoted and went into the Premier League, that's where I, I believe I, I fit it better while I'm playing in the, the, the first division. So I, I had no qualms about the Premier League players because that, that's, that's where I prefer to play. Was there ever any doubt in your mind about staying at Kilmarnock at that point? Were you thinking maybe would I change a scene, switch it up a bit? I was always confident in my mobility and I knew I would, I would be a, an asset to, to the club. Uh, but it's just, it, it's just a matter of getting the time for it to settled the way the, the club was playing, the football it was playing, the standard that it was playing. They were gearing for to try and get promoted out of the league, into the Premier League. And that was that was my goal as well, because I, I wanted to go to the Premier League. I wanted to go to the Premier League because I knew that would suit me even better. Even better. And I think that's something that I think it's, it's, it's quite well known, that there was investment at the time in Kilmarnock. And that was the point, wasn't it? To be bringing in good quality players who would be able to make that step up. That's the, the gamble the, 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 the club's made. They, they, they bring in some some players, as possible, like that, to en- enhance their, the squad, make the team a bit stronger. And when you do that, then potentially you've got a better chance of getting promoted. Once you get promoted, then again, it's a, it's a different kettle of fish again. It's, uh, then you possibly need to look for it. you got another couple of players in for to strengthen the squad again. You were ever present that season. What are your abiding memories just of that of starting out in that first season in the Premier League? We'd set was all out for us to try and, as we said earlier on, like, try and like, press the teams and make it as awkward and as difficult as possible because you know we knew that there was going to be lots of games that they were going to be under pressure. Even at home, possibly against Luxury like, Rangers, Celtics, and things like that, you, you send yourself under a bit of pressure. But a lot of the other games, especially home games, you'd be looking for to force the games uh, to us against the other teams and potentially away from home not be overrun or overrun by like, uh, lack of possession and things like that. The, the players, we were all geared up. Once you get promoted, you're on a high, you're going into the Premier League to play better players. But for some players, when you're going in, that can take a wee time to settle on as well because it's players you've not played against unless you possibly drew them in the Scottish Cup or something like that. Mm. But you're, you're playing a totally different level against the players, how their movement, how they're passing. And sometimes, if you don't catch on relatively quick, because if you don't get a good start in the in the league, you could be finding it very, very difficult. We got a very, very good uh, start in the league. In my first quarter, we've done really, really well. And that set the standard and set the tone for the rest of the season, because we got results 
and that built confidence knowing that we can play against these teams, we can get results against these teams, and that built the confidence for going into our second quarter, third, and then eventually the, the, the last quarter of the season. And as you say, it was that terrific start. Is it fair to say that you were maybe written off in that famous victory against Rangers? So realistically, I mean, most people would say, well, you've got a better chance of probably getting a, a result at home against Motherwell, who's going away to Rangers. That'll probably be a very difficult game. So we were looking to try and get out the blocks, get a good result against Motherwell. We played, I, th- I think I was, I was maybe only played the game about half an hour, and I got injured, and I had to, co- I had to come off. Couldn't last the... The game, we lost one nothing to Motherwell, and then my next game is at Ibrox, and then that's was under big, big pressure to go and then play at Ibrox, knowing confidence levels maybe not not so good. But as as it happens, we go to Ibrox and you get a two one victory, which is possibly no one could probably have thought would would happen. It's just been the team that's been promoted, and there's not many teams that get promoted and go to the Old Firm in the first game of the new season and beat them up. Almost four minutes of injury time. Well, it's Presley under pressure here now. Presley losing it to Brown. The two substitute combining, and it's Williamson. And the Bogle Rangers player has scored a great, incredible goal in four minutes of injury time. Bobby Williamson. It's Rangers one, Pilmanic two. Well, what an incredible finish here at Ibrox. Rangers getting themselves into all kinds of trouble. The two substitutes combined, Brown and Porteous, Presley was, who was caught by Tom Brown, Porteous came in, the goalkeeper made the save and there was Bobby Williamson to finish off one of the easiest chances of his career, the Rangers staring defeat in the face for the first time this season. And then it came down to those last few games, can you tell me a little bit about the Celtic game? which was quite a significant victory towards the end of the season. I, th- I think we actually just played in the, the semi-final in the, the Cup at, uh, at Hamden against the Rangers, and then the actual league game that's after, there was a Celtic game after it. So the disappointment of that like, semi-final game, but then you're coming into an important game, and then you, you'll not get much more important like, a game as you, you will get against like, the old firm. And for what was at stake is when we get to the latter end of the season, Every point is is so precious. Uh, so for to get into that game, we are looking for to try and get a a positive uh, result. I scored the the penalty. I scored a penalty, and then I think I think it was Tom Brown made it uh, two nothing. And I always remember the the game because it was videos that it was on the telly in the in the evening. Uh, Gordon McQueen was in the the studio, and this refers us to a, a pressing game. Uh, and he basically says Kilmarnock actually have just ran Celtic off the park and that's basically and considering that the, the last few games had been was two games against Rangers and then it was a Celtic game after that that just shows the fitness to the players at the time that we could just go and basically run Celtic off the park Absolutely and people who weren't at the game will be able to see the footage as well for the penalty kick I think you were up there in the box I don't know if you were actually fouled for the penalty itself but you were certainly yes. up there inside the box. Yes, I, I was. I was the one who got fouled for the the penalty. I think I played a one-two with Sean McSimmon. I think it was, uh, and then I cut inside. I, I don't know why the player defended because I was going on to my right foot. So <laughs> I'm sure they could have been a wee bit more safer when I cut it at my right foot. But 
Uh, I think it was Mick Galloway that put his uh, foot out, caught us, and um, when we went down, uh, the first thing I was looking for to see where the, because I knew it was a penalty, and I was, I was just looking to see if the, the referee had given it, uh, and he did. So there was a fair bit of pressure on the, the penalty to get us the, the 1-0 lead, which again, that would give you the confidence for it, uh, hang on for the, the result, or possibly get another goal for the, the, the victory. And lucky enough, I, I scored the penalty. So a vital one this for Kilmarnock. Tom Black has scored two already this season. Can it be three? It is! His third penalty of the season. His fourth goal overall. 64 minutes gone. Kilmarnock won Celtic nil. Yeah, it was a beautiful struck penalty here with Tom Black. He really has got a delightful left peg. He's had a terrific game as well. And that's a deserved lead for Kilmarnock. He really does strike these well. And you were talking, Tom, earlier on about the pressing game, but also the continuity of selection. The goalkeeper in the back four, virtually ever presence. Yes, that was a... It's, it was a good sign of strength in the way that we're playing. Because you get into a, a habit with playing with people. If teams are chopped and changed and quite regular, they can affect the games to a certain degree. But when you're actually playing week in, week out with with someone, you nearly kind of come a wee bit kind of telepathic because you know, I know if I do something here, I know either like Ray McGovern or Andy Millen that they're going to be next to me or uh, Gus will be tucked in and vice versa. If it was on our side, Gus will be doing something then I'll be tucking it. We got into that uh, unique habit that no matter what was happening, we'd always know where each other was and for to go the majority of the game, firstly, uh, season, sorry, with nearly the same back four all the time without any massive injuries and things like that, it was, uh, it's quite a rare thing. Is there anyone that you think in that team would have been an unsung hero? Somebody that you valued in the team that you thought, I like the job that they do? You get players in football teams that do jobs and that you, you don't really hear of them. Mark Riley, Mavis, he was a terrier in the middle of the, the park and it's he basically broke everything down, he was wiring in and it... And you, you take your hat off to them because they're, they're maybe not as involved in as much as with the possession or whatever it is, but the shifts that he was doing for the team and what you see, it's maybe not noticed as much, but every one of the players recognise that type of role, which is it's the, the, the kind of ugly side of the game, as some folk put it. The grafting, the, the, everybody sees the, the, the assists and the goals, and but people don't notice as much the breakdown side of it, which like Mark he's instrumentally stopping teams doing things to like build pressure onto like, the back four. So you see the shift that they're doing and you've got huge respect for them when they do it and they do it week in, week out. And again that's fitness to their, their testimony, their, their fitness and what they actually bring to the, the football club. I think for a lot of Kilmarnock fans, Scottish Cup run of nineteen ninety four was particularly special. The club hadn't been, hadn't reached the semi-finals since 1972. What are your memories of that run, the, the air game, the two semi-finals against Rangers? Younger boy, and you were playing. One of my goals was for to get a game at Hamden against Rangers or Celtic. Because if you've done that, then you're either at the semi-final of the Scottish Cup or you're the Scottish Cup final. You've, uh, so they're massive, massive games for to get the run that, that we got, and then. 
eventually you've got a semi-final game against Rangers. So it's it's one of like my bucket list things that I've ticked it. You say, well, I was always wanted to play at Hamden against the the, the old Farum. Uh, the first game uh, we played really well and uh, drew uh, nothing each, and then that took it into the midweek game in the Wednesday at, at Hamden. And I remember the first game we had the, the goal I scored in this, the second game. Uh, I had something similar, and it was Billy Stark that, that told me that when this happened, he's just gamble and take the chance that, that you'll get it. And then when we played the semi-final game in the, the Wednesday, the second game, we were playing really well again. And then I gambled, which Billy Stark said, just take the chance. Uh, and I got the four on it, and we're in one nothing. So you're a, a step away from the, the final. I actually did get pulled back as I was trying to get to it, but I just managed to stretch out and get a touch on it. And I believe it was my straight foot, to be honest. But I was I was inside the six yard box, so I didn't need much of a, a, a connection. It's not what you call a classic Tom Black goal. No, no, it's uh, it's it's as close as I'll get to scoring a goal. No, for the inside the six yard box, is it? If I get a goal, it's usually for. Uh, 12 yards or, or 20 odd yards I'm very rarely inside the 6 yard box to score a goal and there's not much wrong with saying if I score a goal it's usually from 20 yards though <laughs> short corner Mitchell with Brown Brown looking for such a fine season, beaten by Rangers yesterday, but what a start they've made on the return to the Premier Division. 
You will play Air United. Well, it's an Ayrshire derby match. A huge crowd guaranteed there. Kilmarnock against Air United under the managership these days of Simon Stainrod. One more question, that Scottish Cup run, and I know that it's maybe different for somebody growing up not a Kilmarnock fan, but do you notice a difference in derby games in general? Basically just for the, the supporters, what it means for the supporters. Even when the, when the Ayrshire Cup was, was there, and it was Kilmarnock v Air at Rugby Park or at Somerset Park, the rivalry and things like that, because both supporters want to win the game that much so they can have the, the bragging rights, they can, they're the best team in Ayrshire and so if they, they scored the goal against uh, Ayr was, was very nice. Uh, I think uh, I was invited down to the club when Kilmarnock drew Ayr in the Scottish Cup a number of years past after, obviously when it, when it finished. I came out to do the half-time draw, took my, my son and my daughter down, uh, and I got a nice reception for their supporters when I was going out to the park. Uh, <laughs> so that, that's nice to know that, that, that there's still a wee bit of, kind of badness there for scoring a goal against them. That's, uh, that, that was what it was, uh, it was like. The, the games were great because we knew what they were uh, involved for the, the, the supporters. Every game's important as players, but I think for the derby games, add that wee bit extra spice to them and if you get the result then it's it's all the sweeter Would I be right in thinking Tom that you would be the kind of player and kind of personality that was was happy to be remembered by their fans in that way? If you're getting a lot of uh, stick or a lot of hassle from supporters when you're playing the games and things like that then you know you know you're doing something right you're doing something to annoy them so that means you're, you're, you're playing okay if it was the opposite end and they're not soon in then you're maybe not having as good a game or doing what you're possibly supposed to be doing. So the fact that you got a wee bit of stick and things like that, and because you scored a couple of goals against me, that always kind of, I think, uh, irritates them a wee bit as, as well. But on, on my side, it's, it's a pleasure when you're, you're scoring a goal and it means something in a derby game, especially when you get the result. And it was a trip by Shotton on McSkimming. That's why the penalty was awarded. Tom Black, he scores. Come on up, retake the lead. And Tom Black scores his second goal of the season. Sometimes blasts them, sometimes places them. Spence beaten, all ends up. Herald Newspaper, 13th of February, 1995. Sir, last week a young gent received the Bell's Player of the Month Award. He has a nicer smile than Ali and is much more handsome than Pierre, but was this honour reported in your paper? Well done, Tom Black of Kilmarnock Football Club. As far as sport is concerned, Glasgow should never have been dropped from your paper's title. January that year, I think uh, I'd scored, um, uh, I think it was, uh, three goals in four games, uh, or four goals in three games. It was either either one. That that's usually expected of a, a striker. Well, it's second nature to a striker, but but for a a throwback, a defender, for to score that amount of goals in the short period of games, uh, I think that's that's what tipped the scales for to to get the the award. 
know, which is a, it's a, a massive thing for a lot of defenders. When you're when you're in the league with all those strikers that are scoring goals left, right, and centre, uh, for a defender to tap them on that month was it was, it was nice for myself. And I'm just looking at the records here. It was a goal at Celtic Park, and then a double in a win against Motherwell, and one in a win against Falkirk. I, I Mashby won the following month. He, he won it in February, uh, and I got to give him the, the, the trophy, which was uh, exceptional. When you think uh, the clubs that are there in January, a defenders got it, and then in February, our forwards got it. Uh, unbelievable for Kilmarnock that two players have beat everyone else in the Premier League. I know that obviously the, the season before, such a special achievement to be staying up in that Premier League. But that's a real purple patch for the club to be getting these back-to-back player of the months. Well, it stills confidence as well because it shows the club's doing well. And then when players are getting individual recognition, that enhances their confidence and it's it's only a positive thing for the, the club. And Steve, who rightly so got it because he was scoring goals as well. So it was very, very positive times for the club. So the season of promotion and then there's a bit of consolidation in 94-95. But 1995-96 seems like it was maybe a bit, not comfortable, but higher in the league and things were progressing. Um, we had, we had uh, spells when we were doing okay then uh, not so well. We had, when, when Alec came in, we had a wee spell we were really struggling. We had the kind of team meetings for to try and just get a, a blowout, get all the players what they're all thinking and things like that because we were struggling a bit. And these things are always uh, a plus because you can get a kind of clear the air thing. And then we actually had a, a a good, a really really good run, and that's sometimes which is needed, which is needed because players can get things off their chest and things are not right and whatever it is. And after that, we went on a, a kind of really good run, uh, and that that set us up for the season as well. We were doing what was required for us to remain a Premier League club. We weren't like down you're really under pressure getting into your last two couple of games of the season that you're, you could get roped into the relegation side of it we've we, we done well enough that, that we're, we, we are okay but you, you, as, as players you're always looking for you get to a level but you still want to push on to the, the next level and that's, that's what you, you always gear yourself for if you finish 7th or you want to finish 6th if you finish 6th you want to try and finish 5th you're always trying to do that a bit better uh, every, every year you played in some terrific victories against Rangers and Celtic, and I know that Scottish football isn't all about Rangers and Celtic, but there's a special significance, I think, to beating those teams. What is it about Kilmarnock that made them that scourge of the old firm? Nine times out of ten, the most difficult games you're going to play is Rangers and Celtic because they're the, the two strongest squads, best best players in the, the, the league. So on paper, physically and mentally, that should be the hardest games that, that, that you'll play. We didn't fear them. We didn't uh, say, this is going to be an awful hard game or whatever. 
I mean, we knew we were capable of putting up a, a show against them. We'd beat them before. And once you're beating the, the old firm, it's, they're not invincible. You know you can get at them, but possibly you need all your players to play well on the day and potentially maybe a couple of the old firm players to maybe have a bit of a, an off game or maybe not at not, uh, full potential. But we never ever feared the old firm. Personally, myself, I look forward to the old firm due to the, the, the atmosphere, the, the crowds that they brought. Uh, to me, that brings the, the best out in you because uh, the bigger the crowd, the bigger the, the atmosphere, uh, to me, it's it's better. Because if, if you're doing well against them, you've got the majority of the supporters shouting at you. Uh, and then sometimes that can work in your, your favour. It gives you an extra wee boost. It can get the opposition players... Uh, a wee bit more hassle because things are not going right so it was always something to look forward to and I think the majority of the players did look forward to the, the old firm game um, because we, we did know if we play on the day and play really well we, we've got a chance that we, we can win the game Do you feel you had more time left at Kilmarnock? Uh, yes, uh, I did I played, uh, I played the majority of games in the last season I was just a bit disappointed the, the way it came about when I was leaving. Um, I think so. most players when their contract was expired, that they, they were they were told that they would be renewed. Um, other players that were going to get their contracts renewed were to come in after the last game of the season, like during the week. Um, I was one of those. Once we went in, Alec told us he was just going to let us go. Um, Bobby, Bobby obviously he was his assistant. Bobby was telling him no, give him a contact. Um, but Ali decided to to let us uh, go, which I was disappointed at because you're down there yourself to see the, the manager and things like. That. I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to the players or, or say it was like your last game at Rugby Park or uh, the season, say to the, the supporters and things like that. So mm. uh, just on a personal side of that, that was that was disappointing uh, because. I felt I, I did have a, another year or two uh, in myself to still to play at that level. Thirty games that season in the Premier League, so I think I think a lot of people would agree that there was more to come. Yeah, it was, it was just uh, I found it just a, a, a wee touch strange to, to play as, as, as many games uh, and then just get released when there some players were, were there that didn't play as many and got new contracts and. That I found uh, a wee bit uh, strange. People would, would probably like to know, where is that that shirt that you scored, the famous goal against Rangers, where is that now? I still got that at home. We were going into our last game of the season and it was, we were going away, but once we played our very last game of this, the season, we are coming after the game. Gus Hollis, was the, he was in charge of the, all our strips and all our kit. And I, and I told them, I don't care what you do, or what you say, or whatever it is, this is coming home. <laughs> <laughs> this is coming home with me. I'm taking it home. We'll not be wearing it next next week. Uh, and he just laughed, and no, he just let me, he, he let me take it home. I've still got it at home, kept it. Uh, it's, it's in my drawer. And it's just, it's, it's something that you, you'll never throw away. It's just, it's just it means a, a lot to you. No, I kept that, that because it was special, and then uh, I've got the, the, the trophy that I got for the, the player of the month. I don't put them out just wearing them, I just put them in the cupboard, but it's just, it's just a, a reminder of uh, uh, the kind of uh, 
positive times and the good times that, 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 that you had. So why, why would you want to throw it away or do away with it? I, I'll, I'll keep them and I'll, I'll always keep them. Tom Black was a key player in several seasons of success for Kilmarnock Football Club. My thanks to him for sharing his memories of so many huge results. This episode was recorded by telephone in May 2020. The Killer History's Big Match series is only possible as a result of some wonderful contributions. For this episode, Kilmarnock Football Club historian John Livingston gave a statistical background. The theme music, Clear Progress, by scottholmesmusic.com, is used under free Creative Commons licence. Join me next time for the final episode of the Killer Histories Big Match series. And it's a league winner. Keep an eye on the Killy Trust social media pages for news. I'm Gordon Gillen. See you next time.